Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm, damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Hi, and welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we decide if a film has gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind. I am one of your hosts, Paris Herbert Taylor, and competing alongside me in today's Mississippi pageant is my good friend, David William Rogers. Hello. And scoop. And scoop. And scoop. And <laughs> scoop. That was quite a talent. <laughs> yes, it was. That was How a great doing? performance. I'm good. Yeah. It's, I had uh, to go back and like look at where that scene was because I forgot uh-huh. the word from last night to this night. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm going to say that when it when starts. The- <laughs> well, David, shit. Mm-hmm. What is the movie that we are doing today? The film, if you will. The film we are doing is Miss Firecracker 1989. And this has a pretty decent cast. A this, pretty decent, but young. This is like yeah. a lot of people's early. They, these were not famous, famous people during this movie. Which is really cool to see. Yeah. Uh, how they looked. But uh, Holly Hunter, Mary Queen. Steenburgen. Queen. Tim Robbins. King. Alfre Woodard. Amazing. She's a queen as well. Scott yeah. Glenn. A queen. Yeah. Uh, I, was trying to, I was just trying to change up like my adjectives. I, I, you know? feel you. Uh, <laughs> I think it's Vinay Cox, which she looks familiar to me in her IMDb mm. picture. And I looked it mm. up. She's got like 73 credits. She was in a few episodes of Marvelous Miss Maisel. Mm. Um, yeah. So Anne Wedgworth, Trey Wilson, and a few other people down the line. Uh, Kathleen, is it Chalfant? Mm. I don't know how to say the last name. You know yeah. me. I always bungle it. I recognize Greg German as well. He played Ronnie Wayne, the guy that got beat up. Okay. Just re- recognize his face. From he's been somewhere. in a ton of stuff. Um, yeah. I feel like he he was in a. Um, well, he's like in a Will Billy Trent. Madison or yeah, Grey's Anatomy. The- he's in like sixty four episodes, Firefly okay. Lane. So I've definitely and Cur- he's only in one episode of Curb, but like you know I love Curb. So I feel like yeah, I see him around. He's working. You yeah, look at his credits. His he's thing. got a few things. Yeah, like just a really stacked cast like and so cool to see them young i was reading the roger ebert um like review of it and it was like young yeah like young newcomer tim robbins does a great performance you may recognize him as like some minor character in some baseball movie and i'm like oh fuck this is the tim robbins of uh yeah i thought he did great in this Mm -hmm. role especially Mm -hmm. just as that's a character right there delmont Mm -hmm. Oh my God! You know where I know um, Alfre Wood Wooded from? Woodard? It's from it's from uh, C. C. Yeah, she's uh, like she's the, the mystic, like mystical, auntie. Yeah. yeah, auntie one, yeah. yeah. Which is obviously my boss's show. We don't we don't talk about him so much on the podcast, but um, you loved C, so I did. I Out of all my more... friends, you were the one that supported it the most. I think. I mean, that is up my alley. That would be a show I'd love to be on. I know he's got mm-hmm. a new, he just wrapped right on, on yeah, a new season just, of something that looks Chief dope. of War, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw some of the pictures that he put up of like the last day. Yeah, the day. rap yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, the guy playing his son in C, I just saw in a trailer for Gran Torino. Is that yeah, what it's called? Yeah, it's a race car movie. Yeah. Based yeah. off of like a game or something? Uh, I think it's a game. Um, yeah, I'm not it, sure. It, I don't know if it it's a real a, race or not, but I they it, they show it, video game like pictures. Yeah, it has an IP vibe to yeah. it. <laughs> we wrote this about a thing. Yeah. But yes, anyway, back to the film, Miss Firecracker. I basically hit you up and was like, 
hey, I'm watching like 4th of July uh, movies because we just celebrated 4th of July not long ago. And honestly, like there's not that many 4th of July movies. I feel like I took some screenshots. There was like The Music Man, which looked super racist, not going to lie. <laughs> um, and I was like, I don't know about this. Yeah. Um, the Music Man 1962 was one that was recommended. And then another movie called 1776, which also looked you know, quite confederate and then, and then of course there was this one, Miss Firecracker. Firecracker. And you see that, you know, I'll use this as the tile. I was going to say that. I didn't see that one. It's a, it's a cute little, it's a cute little poster. It's got Holly Hunter in a little red dress. It says an explosive comedy. Holly Hunter is superb. Funniest thing I've ever seen. Said Chris (laughs) Chase, who has seen almost nothing in his life. And then, you know, just these great, names on the poster and i was like i'm in so i hit you up and was like let's fucking do yeah. it and i had not heard about it uh just real quick though when you were looking up yeah. fourth of july movies did born mm-hmm. on the fourth of july come up tom cruise no independence day obviously was like probably the number oh, one yeah. recommended i looked i think i saw it on twitter i saw a thread and i was like oh yeah i should watch a movie but this one i've never heard of okay because it would have been a whole different tone if you would have watched i'm pretty sure it's oh. called born on the fourth of july but he's like a vietnam vet that comes back mm. with no legs and oh. it's yeah it's like getting back it's into a, society after that like it's family a bit different and, than this holly yeah. hunter <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> pageant mississippi <Yeah>. movie <laughs> i mean although i'm sure we could draw some parallels somewhere you yeah know? yeah yeah um, I bet there's like some six degrees of Kevin Bacon stuff going Somewhere on with those movies, you know, yeah. but, uh, yeah. So no, I saw this movie. I love Holly Hunter. Always been a big fan. Um, obviously Tim, everyone on the poster. Like I just was like, yeah, I'm in. And then I don't really know what I was expecting, but it didn't have that many themes of the 4th of July. That and I will get into it, but. I, I have a couple questions for okay. you, just as this movie as like a whole, right? Okay. Like as a film. I'm excited um, to dive into it, but whose turn yeah. is it to do? I think it is my turn. Okay, let's hear your synopsis. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, Holly Hunter, Carnell Scott, she's this lady in Mississippi. They open up. She's working at a fish factory. She clocks out at work. Her boss is like, don't be late this time. She goes and registers for the Miss Firecracker contest annual contest taken on the 4th of July and it's a pageant for like the prettiest and just like Miss USA right or Miss Universe they do on like, like a micro scale yeah yeah just in a small town in Mississippi um it looks like it's a decent turnout for it though uh when we see it towards oh, yeah. the end but they do like um like a dance or a song or one lady did like a reading from a play and they're based on like a swimsuit so you got that whole thing um and this is like she wants to do this for herself to prove to herself kind of that she can do more with her life. She's got a bad rap. She's messed around with some guys in town or some carny folk that it's it sounds like that have come through year after year. And she's like, I'm a respectable woman now. I go to church. Um, she's a former orphan who her aunt took her in. And that's when you get... Um, she's cousins with uh mary steenburgen and tim robbins so which they have last names so were they also cousins uh, to each other no they were brother and sister so okay. elaine rutledge because oh, remember she's she married, married and then right. she was going to leave her husband and then yeah Dun- i have some questions Dunlop about that because there was a weird dancing scene there's a was very like, weird this dancing. meant to be sexual yeah. and then i was like wait are they cousins and this is like they kind of like fooled around but no, no and it is okay. so yeah, we'll talk about we'll that talk about that too <laughs> Lots to talk same about. I was like, where is this movie going, Paris? (laughs) 
He's like, why is she making yeah. me watch this? <laughs> Doesn't feel very free. No, this is Doesn't not. Well, very, or you could or, argue the other or, way. Or, you could argue that it's very free. You know. That's the way it goes. <laughs> um, so then, yeah. So she wants to prove herself. She wants to do this thing. And um, she does a pageant. She goes through like a few obstacles. Uh, Popeye Jackson, who's played by Alfre Woodard, helps her out, makes her a costume for her, her activity or whatever. She does a tap dance routine and they become really tight throughout the movie. And through the end of it, she performs well in the contest, ends up taking fifth place and she's a little upset about it. But, you know, she's better off for it because she went and did the thing. She she set her mind to it and she got into the pageant, which was a hurdle to begin with, went for it. And got some personal success there, just like we did the other day in our kickball kickball mm-hmm. game, right? So um, not, not the other night though, where we lost horrifically, like eleven to one. <laughs> but, but no, that's that's what I'm talking oh, about because okay. we had a lot of personal success in that we game, did. right? Okay, I see. What you're uh, yeah, yeah. So I see the parallels. I love mm-hmm. this. So Carnell Scott, uh, Holly Hunter, she does that, and you know they set off. Like the fireworks, she goes, stands on top of an observatory and she's feeling good about herself. The guy asks, are you okay? She says, yeah, I am. And then what was really intriguing to me is the end where we're going through the credits because you only see little bits of her as a kid at the Miss Firecracker um, parade, like waving in her yellow hat. And then they start to show more and more of it. When her cousin Elaine won it, she was the one on the float waving. So Mm. you get this thing where it's like, of course, this was stuck in her head. Like she mm-hmm. saw the success of her cousin who's now married to like some rich dude. She's mm-hmm. uh, very well off, very pretty, statuesque. And she has that image of her head. This is what I want to be like, right? She mm-hmm. was orphaned at a young age, you know, uses her probably as like almost like a mother figure. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really intriguing that they put that like in the credits mm-hmm. and not to kind of give the, like context. Yeah, yeah. So you're like kind of thinking the whole time, like what, you know, where is this coming from? Because just this is a random movie about mm-hmm. a woman who wants to be in a pageant but then it gets a lot deeper. yeah it's like it's like not a big story like yeah but then you you peel back the layers and you're exactly. like what the fuck is going on here and that's what i was thinking i was like what is this about like why is did they make this but there is some you know emotion behind all of this totally. in her character and why why she's so upset when you know she finds out that elaine brought the dress but wouldn't let her wear it yeah and like holding her back and you could tell like she, yeah but she also looked up to her as a little mm-hmm. girl that we saw like towards the end in the end credits. Totally. Yeah, it's it's a simple movie with complex layers. I would say this for me kind of feels more of a European story in some ways. You know how like French and like foreign films like I think in America we tend to over explain plots and stuff sometimes. Maybe now more. This is obviously late eighties, so we're, you know, thirty something years ago. <laughs> I don't want to date myself. But um you know, it's, it's, this doesn't have like a neat little resolution. We kind of don't know where the characters are going to go from here. And it's like all kind of fucked up and they're selling the house. And I I like that. I will give this movie props for that. I don't think everything has to be like, and then they kissed at the end and she got her happy ending. Like I was actually kind of happy when she, so there's five contestants. So she makes it through the first round to actually be in the contestant stage. And then she comes like five out of five and it's kind of sad. And they kind of set it up to, where you almost think she might come first because he the cousin's like running towards the stage and he's like, you could do it. Yeah, he like has yeah. this moment. Uh, Tim Robbins, you think he's going to jump a train, which is be the second train he's jumped on and like mm-hmm. just left. Um, but the train passes and he's still there. He's like, 
she's going to do it. I hope she does it. Like, go get it, girl. But yeah, she ends up taking and taking fifth. But to your point about this, like just being okay as is, like you're glad that they just left this the way or they made it the way they made it. Uh, my partner came in the room when I finished watching. She's like, how was it? And I was like, it's a film, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And, I, and I'm and i glad they did this the way they did too because mm-hmm. it's just uh, a, sm- a small story in a small town about this one lady and people in her life mm-hmm. and same like it doesn't have to be this huge production or like well afterwards know. i was reading that the right the original is a play and it felt it very Ooh, that's I, what I, sorry i didn't mention that um, no that's okay i, I yeah. did think when i was watching it that it has like a play like quality you know how i feel like plays tend to be you know just because they're on stage not that they can't have scene changes, but it's like, it feels very contained, which I think is part of the charm of this film is like, it feels very claustrophobic in this town and everybody's looking at each other and knows each other and runs into each other. And there's like, it's hot and you can see that they're sweaty and it just, it feels very boxed in, you know, yeah. Yow, it's called Yowza city. Is that what it's called? The the town the, they live the in? The town, something like that. I, I didn't catch it. But yeah, just real quick, it was written by Beth Henley. So she wrote the play and she wrote the screenplay and directed by Thomas Schlammy. Schlammy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot about Mississippi. Do you know a lot about Mississippi? Not too much. I've only driven through a few I know times. that it's like hot and swampy. I mean, that's what I think of as a dumb foreigner. So, you know, I think, and also... One thing I wanted to say about the film is I think it gives that real midsummer vibe where everyone's just hot and nothing's really happening. I mean, they've got the pageant, but it's like kind of, you know, it's kind of sticky and everybody's fanning themselves or they're going to the pool hall. And, you know, I don't think there's one scene or maybe there's one scene where Tim Robbins's character does not have like a a neck (laughs) sweat sweat or a back sweat or an underarm sweat. And it's just like you just know that feeling of being like wet and hot and tired. (laughs) you know yeah definitely but yes okay ask me some of your questions because i also have some questions so yeah i mean we discussed the big one i i wanted to say like how do you feel about this movie overall but Mm -hmm. i haven't seen many movies like this lately Mm -mm. right where it's just like here's the thing not american movies yeah we saw after is it after sun after sun we went to see yeah and he was nominated but that's but again that's that's like european yeah yep yeah where well, it's like they, they don't feel memory. Yeah. And it's funny that this movie kind of, you know, I'm sure for some people it doesn't fly under the radar. Scott had never heard of it. I don't think really anybody had ever heard of it. And that's just crazy because there's so many movies from the eighties that are iconic. And I really think it's because the story takes some risks, but again, it's based on the play. I mean, Robert Roger Ebert in the nineties, like at the time of it coming out, gave it a three and a half stars out of five. Um, and I think partly he was talking about the, the acting and like, you know, all of the set design and stuff like that. But it's funny, the writer of the play, this play, I guess she had a bunch of flops that kind of got turned into movies and then they didn't do so well. So I think people were quite critical of the storytelling, but I would say like the storytelling overall like, I thought it was good, fine. Yeah, same. I'm wondering if she had some issues converting her play as a screenplay. Maybe. You know, yeah. if you're saying yeah. she had a few flops. Um, I saw this had like a bu- budget of four million and it did mm. like around like a million. But okay. um, not, yeah, I mean. Not, that's not great. 
No, but at the same time, I'm just curious, you know, like if that was the thing, but I, I felt like it came off. I've never seen the play, but I kind of liked the way they, the way she did it and how it was yeah. directed. Elizabeth Henley. She's a, she did like Crimes of the Hot. I guess she is also like a, yeah, plays. She wrote Crimes of the Hot, the Miss Firecracker Contest, which was obviously the one we watched, the Jacksonian, The Wake of Jamie Foster, The Lucky Spot. She's got like tons of plays. Hmm. Am I Blue? I mean, it looks like she's pretty consistently written. So yeah, interesting. And also like, you know, now we're seeing a resurgence of people looking at playwrights as being screenwriters because they bring like a different creative energy to it. But I don't know, like they're pretty different mediums. And I think sometimes it can work really well translating to the screen and sometimes it probably is tricky. And now we're seeing things go the other way too. Like Mean Girls is now a Broadway play. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Yeah. But I mean, you and I like Beetlejuice, plays. Which I just, Beetlejuice, which I just overpaid <laughs> fucking tickets for. I'm so butthurt about that. I was do you want to do you want to call out that company that ripped you off? So I mean, yeah, no, don't... I don't. Wanna, I mean, just be careful when you buy tickets to Ticketmaster. There's so many shady websites that look like Ticketmaster, and if you're not paying attention, like I obviously wasn't, I thought I clicked on Ticketmaster and I paid double for tickets to Beetlejuice at the Pantages in Hollywood in July. So hopefully, I get my money back and those guys can go fuck themselves. <laughs> but if not, let my lesson be your lesson. And yeah. if it was. of a mistake, you know, then let me share that burden. You got to check way at the bottom of their website, Mm -hmm. see if they're legit or not. But uh, yeah, I felt like thinking about it now a little bit more, the way the characters interact with each other, it does have that play vibe. Mm -hmm. But I love acting, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm okay with that. I enjoy that. I loved the acting in this. You could tell that everybody went for it and did their own thing spent a lot of time on their character and came to work and even and they even put the, it together. Even the smaller characters that like played, you know, the other girls in the pageant, like the, the one girl that was the play or sorry, the, the pageant, like assistant coordinator person who was like yeah. freaking out and running around. Like she had such great facial expressions. I mean, even some of the like guys in the pool hole, I was like, yeah, everybody really is doing a good job. Yeah. But cast really well. Cast really well. Okay, so let's talk about the weird dance because <laughs> that was weird. So essentially, Delmont gets hops a train. I kind of felt like he just got out of prison or something. Am I making that he up? He was. Um, so he went to uh, mental institution. Oh, that's right. He was in a because mental institution. Yeah. he got in a fight with somebody, hurt the guy. He was supposed to go to jail, but his sister Elaine's husband got him into the hospital. Mm. and after like two months he could have gotten out but elaine kept him in the hospital and she had the power to write a note Mm. letter on his behalf to release for the state to release him that's why he was so pissed off Mm -hmm. when he showed up and saw her for the first time and so elaine you know kind of leaves to come back to her hometown from atlanta or wherever she lives now because she's giving a speech at the pageant and so they when they see each other um they have like quite a nasty fight there's obviously a lot of tension there between the siblings we come to find out that tim robinson's character delmont was left the house that holly hunter's character carnell lives in and yeah his sister is obviously butthurt about that and there's obviously like a power imbalance there he's like i'm gonna sell the house and i'm gonna take half the money and or i'm gonna give holly's character half my money and then like we're all gonna leave and go about our lives without each other um and there's this one scene where Holly Hunter's character is waiting for the phone to ring to see if she got into the pageant. And these two siblings are doing this like 
weirdly erotic dance. It's like a, a mamba or a samba. Yeah. Something like that. Tango. Yeah, and tango. there's some passion there. There's some yeah. grinding. There's some... Like he like kneels really like he dips to the side and like her whole body like goes along yeah. his body. Ooh. And then I was like, and their faces kind of got close to each other. I was like, okay, where's this going? Yeah, where is this going? Is this yeah. some kind of joke about incest? <laughs> I'd be very curious to read the play and to see... If there's like subtext there that we're missing, like maybe they did have a fucked up incestuous <laughs> relationship. Or it was just, you know, that dance is like somewhat sexual. Yeah, but right? I don't think I would do that with my brother. I yeah, would not. Same, same. But I'm saying like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like they didn't. They didn't have TV and. <laughs> they put something in there. Yeah, they, they didn't, didn't have, have TV. So like, let me just then. rub my entire titty on my brother. <laughs> That I hate that I put in a mental institution. Yeah. Um, I really like Carnell's character. She's a sweet angel, but part of it that we didn't talk about is that she has this reputation in the town, right? Like she's a spicy tamale. Um, she has dyed her hair like fire engine red. Doesn't look natural at all. Um, and there's a couple of scenes where she's like trying to wash it out. And she just like always looks kind of like raggedy and dirty and her hair dye is like dripping on her face. And, yeah, there's like some men in the town that like obviously have rolled in and rolled out and banged her and um, she t ends up turning one of them down on the phone. But it's almost like this is kind of her redemption story. And Which is, is the yeah. guy she turned down, the one that was uh, the grand, or sorry, Ronnie Wayne, Greg Germain? I think so. He, he was throwing she, peanuts at her? Yeah, she ran okay. into him. He was like working in the garden at the house yeah. where her cousin was trying to sell there was like some miscommunication. This charity thought they were donating the house and he thought they were buying the house. And so he kind of like gets thrown out and the gardener's there talking to Holly Hunter's character, mm -hmm. Carnell. But then there's the guy, Mac, who yeah, she... Scott Glenn. He's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah. He's the circus or the carnival roustabout, as they described him on the internet. And there's obviously a lot of the love there, but he's like so much older than her and he's sick. He's like... Coughing up, up along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he refuses to go to... The doctor, because that's what roustabouts do. They just drop dead of black lung <laughs> for no reason because they refuse to see. That's America, baby. Wild Land of the job. free. Yeah. Land of the free and home of the brave. No health care. <laughs> just put up my fucking carnival ride, you sick <laughs> dumbass. Um, but yeah, it's there's a lot of sweetness there between them, at least. Um, but he definitely wants to yeah, bang her and think she's that joke that is, well, his, oh. that his grandpa said. I found that you tell very him you love disturbing. him, and then he like uh, shows his fingers, two fingers opening up like a light that spreading. That turned yeah, me. Yeah, I was off. like, whoa, whoa, buddy, buddy. And then you're saying that to the lady's cousin. cousin, right? And he's just gleeful, and he's so much older than her. I think yeah. she's meant to be like you know early twenties, if not late teens. She's definitely got no life experience, and this guy looks like he could be her dad, and yeah. is ugh, you just talk sweet to them, and then they just open up for you. And it's like, you're fucking disgusting. And, and I feel like... Yeah. And they've messed was, around before, a year this prior. Was, this was something that they, they just to. was kind of glossed over a little bit. But I feel like now that would not... Unless this guy was like a super creep. They would not just like randomly throw that in there. Yeah. There's no way. I don't think. Or it would be... He would be younger. Yeah. Or he would be like... I don't know. He would be like the villain in the story. You know what I mean? Um, but... I think it's cool that Holly's character, although she is obsessing about the pageant, 
she does talk about stuff that's you know life fish and she has she she basically finds Popeye Jackson played by Alfre Woodard who is like making costumes for bullfrogs is that right <laughs> yeah yeah okay she's like lives down by the, she goes into like the fancy shop and they're like we can't help you but maybe you could go see Popeye down by the river and mm. it's which now that I feel like they were kind of like oh she lives by the river I was like I would buy one of those houses in a second yeah I was like uh the black community yeah but it's like it way. was kind of meant to be like oh you know like the yeah. less than not other in town. side of the tracks like Type of S- thing. Sign me up as a millennial. That looks <laughs> wonderful. Well, they um, ju- I guarantee if that existed, they gentrified it by now. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I think it's nice. Like Carnell, she wants to work with Popeye Jackson, who's never made a costume for a person, only for bullfrogs. And, you know, she's a woman of color. And there's a couple of comments in the movie that bump um and i think it's elaine lane's character mary stein steenbergen who says like oh it's all been ruined since it got integrated or something she says and then there's a couple more like popeye like doesn't feel comfortable doing something and then she's like of course you can like get it like holly's character is very progressive and naive but she says something what does she say um so they're talking about they're talking about where um, she's going to end up in the contest, right? Holly Hunter's character. And she goes, she says something about somebody and then she goes, and the other girls, uh, black and Chinese. So. Oh, she's saying like they won't win. Yeah. Yeah. In the competition. Yeah. And yeah. That's fucked up. The, the black lady came in fourth and she came in fifth. And then she, she says it to, uh, to Alfred Woodard's character, to Popeye. Mm. And Popeye's like, what the fuck? She goes, I don't mean it like that. I'm, mm. I just, um, I'm speaking the truth. Yeah. But so she's thinking like the judges won't vote for her because mm. she's black. Mm-hmm. That's what she was getting at. It wasn't like a hateful comment, but still. I see. Yeah. yeah. It's just the casual racism, right? Of the Mississippi <laughs> South in the late 80s. I mean, again, it's a play and I'm sure that everything there is specific to show. Oh, spoke to it. Yeah. You know, that even Elaine, she's this beauty queen and she's so kind. And she, Bless your heart. She's also got like backwards thinking and, you know, that uh, that white supremacy that continues to live in this country. So Yes, man. Just can't casually say it. Um, But yes, I mean, if we're talking about characters of color getting not just being plot devices i mean there are movies from the early 2000s that do not pass that test versus yeah this. i feel like this one did i loved popeye yeah, and her good. character and alfie crushed this role to it and I watch- the fact that she she was the one with the love interest in the end so she kisses delmont yeah. um and he yeah, he just like uh, you can tell he like adores her, and yeah. it's very like sweet. And there's nothing like gross and creepy about it. They just like are around each other, and they kind of fall for each other. When she's telling the story about how she got her name Popeye, I was geeking out. She's like, "No, I can I hear through my eyes, yeah. <laughs> or whatever she said, hear or smell." I think, or smell through it, smell through her eyes, yeah. Or was it here because here the eye, ear drops in her eyes? That's what oh, messed her up. Oh, that's yeah. right. And Tim Robbins like leans in through the door. He's like, "Really?" She's like, "Sometimes." <laughs> <laughs> he was he was creepy. I was afraid of him through this yeah. film. He like has good arc. Like he has some rage moments, and mm-hmm. then he's like freaking out a little bit, and then he's like 
very introspective on like his mm-hmm. life and where his station is and mm-hmm. I'd need to move on and be free. And he's telling his sister, she needs to do the same and calling her phony. Cause he's going back to her husband. I thought there's a lot for him to do with this he's character. So and he er- did it. So erratic though. Like when he first comes back into town and he runs into those girls and he's like really mean to them. He says, please don't make me treat you like dogs. I don't want to treat you like common dogs. Like you can't say that to people. Yeah, could say then, thank you. Nice to see you. Right. <laughs> nice to see now. you. Yeah. Please leave me alone. And then, yeah. you know, Holly's character, um, Carnell, she's like, she just wants his validation. She's like, oh, it's just so hard for like ugly girls, isn't it? And she's like calling them ugly. And he never like gives her a crumb. He doesn't say like, yeah, you're beautiful. Like you can tell this is a pattern. She has arrived in this town from the age of eight. She just wants to be loved. She just wants these people to like see her and admire her. Yeah. You know. And she gets no support until the Mm -hmm. end from Delmont. Mm -hmm. But both of them don't watch. Elaine doesn't watch any of her performances. Mm -mm. Delmont doesn't. Misses Um, them. She was doing something. He's like, how good can she be tap dancing? And she crushes her performance. Mm -hmm. And then when she comes back and she's like to Elaine, like, do you hear that? Like they're screaming for me. How do you think I did? And she's like, Oh, and you can tell she didn't really watch. Mm. Right. So like no support at all. And this is somebody, you know, that your family took in a lot younger Mm -hmm. than you that looked up to you. So yeah, I, Holly Hunter's character. I think, uh, I think she did a really good job with that. Yeah, they all did. It was a very flawed group of people, except for Popeye who, was just kind of sweet and you know did her thing quirky you know everybody was flawed but there was like yeah there was also the girl there's holly hunter's character carnell she like makes fun of one of the girls for having yellow teeth and um at the end like they make friends and she's like you know it's just yeah, it was a sweet movie, actually, with yeah. some strange moments. She was like, I heard something happened to her when she's little and all the enamel came off her teeth. <laughs> all the vitamins <laughs> went into her brain. <laughs> now she can smell through her teeth. <laughs> her hair can tell you when it's rated. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. So some of those good. hairstyles were nuts. The 80s, man. Yeah. Large. And, and Connell, large. Holly's character, she... So her cousin doesn't lend her this red dress. All she wants is this red dress and she's out of time and whatever, whatever. So she like goes into her great aunt's like, or aunt's bedroom and finds this like antebellum dress. that's like got a rip under the arm. And then she puts on this hair piece. She looks fucking nuts. And then she trips. <laughs> but, hold on. You gotta, you gotta explain um, how her aunt died. How do, I don't even know if I remember that. She had, uh, what is it? Like some issue, some glandular issue. Oh, remember? No. And no. they took a, they took one from a monkey and they put oh, it into her. Right. So she lived like an extra month and doctors thought she was gonna, but she grew hair, black hair, like all over her right. body. Yeah, I forgot about this now. <laughs> That's why I like Tim Robbins' character. like, you ain't going up in that ape's room. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> There was just so many moments that I totally forgot about that where they just yeah. said the random shit. It's like Peyton spitting a bullfrog. And you're like, what does that mean? I didn't write any of them down, damn it. But uh, needless to say, not from the South, always tickled yeah. um, by the randomness of that. Uh, yeah, so thought it was sweet. Thought it was sad. Thought the hairstyles were ridiculous. The outfits were ridiculous. So not excited for the 80s fashion to come back in full force i feel like we had a bit for a while and then okay so like fashion's one thing but do you think 
these hairstyles are ever going to come back. I think everything in this world is cyclotic, David. So really, mullets are back. Okay, mullets. but there's got there's got to be some on like a very like a popularity scale. Like okay, like there's some like grunge people or people pushing it back against society, so they'll do like something from the which 70s. is the hairstyle that offended you the most? Please explain. Like the the lady with the bad teeth, with her hair like teased oh my god to within that an was inch of insane. Leg. Yeah. I, I mean, like, what is going on? It's there? like 10 years ago that they sold bumpets. Do you know what a bumpet is? No. Okay. It was like, how do I fucking describe this to you? It is was that... like a, a curved piece of plastic that you would put under your hair. Remember when girls used to put like, or like in the front, they would do like the hair, like big. Do you remember this? Yeah, like pushed up. Yeah. yeah. There was actually like a piece of plastic <laughs> in there helping to make that shape. So if those can come back. Okay. I mean, maybe because gotcha. people care more about their hair health now, and like that's so much, what like, I'm getting at. Like with all the products and technology, because it's a billion dollar industry. It's like, can you get your hair like that without burning the shit out of it? I'm sure someone it? will try. Vegan, <laughs> green, perms, you know, for the hair, helmets. I just, oh my god, it yeah, was a it was, lot. It was yeah. a lot. It was a lot. I don't know why that was the style. Like bigger and better and huge and hair like beehives i would that is a very interesting topic and i feel like we didn't really go into it with that movie hair that we did remember we did that Mm -hmm. um hairstylist one from the 1970s but like i wonder i mean i know about the history of like black women's hair and and the cultural significance but what is the cultural significance of a beehive of a of a giant over teased blonde (laughs) flop yeah Somebody was like, all right, playing around in the chair, made it. And somebody was popular in town or TV or commercial. I mean, I know it just a, took off. a lot of women, you know, get in hair extensions and like even like additional hair pieces to make it seem like you have more hair because there is some, it's like why women, like why scientifically like will wear lipstick because red lips indicates like fertility and it's supposed to remind you of like woman's nipples and like all the sexy bits that are also pink so i'm like and so having a lot of hair is like i'm very like healthy and i'm very like fertile and so yeah what is a what is a teased up i'm I'm gonna i guess like when you when you go down to the root of all of this is it just like mating part of mating rituals probably and it's like, oh, I subconsciously want to have sex with this lady, even though her teeth are disgusting. <laughs> but goddamn, look at the height <laughs> of that hair and those curls. I want it. Okay, wait. So what is the purpose of teasing hair? Google says teasing is a method of coming the mid-length of your head towards your scalp to create volume. This is if you want to build volume at your crown. So I wonder if there is an, like biological reason that everyone's like oh wow she has so much hair at the top of her head which means that her nipples are huge (laughs) she can feed my enormous babies I don't know I don't know I can't wait to see if this hairstyle does come back and people are like oh my god I can't believe that's back I'm like yeah because she has has huge nipples yeah (laughs) I know heroin heroin chic is back like oh my god she's so skinny and she has the biggest hair I've ever seen She's so fertile. So fertile. Damn, I oh want that. God. Uh, okay, so the hairstyles rocked your world. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just didn't seem like a very 
fun place to live, this city that they grew up. No, and all of our main characters were trying to get out. Even mm. um, Popeye, towards the end, mm. she was like, she was like I f- I, where did I she say she wanted to go? And it's no. only like in stories and... Oh, Elysian Fields. Yeah, yeah. And she, and I think she's like confused again because they're like not all super well educated. So no. She's like, I heard it's amazing. And it, she's basically like heaven. And he's like, yeah. I don't think you can go there. Delmont's like, no, it's not a physical. He's quote unquote well traveled because he's been to like a bunch. of And she, and so is his sister. Like she's like, yeah. whether it's Baton Rouge and she just names all these places that don't seem that far away to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, not, not now if you live anywhere near Mississippi. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the only person really not trying to get out that seemed kind of happy with her life was Carnell, except mm-hmm. that she wanted more like in terms of the pageant. So yeah. it was it was sad. Yeah. And just trying to change her. And that that was sad to me that she thought that she had to change the way people perceived her in town. So she, and she had started to show them and go going to church high. and mm-hmm. yeah, instead of just and people are like talking shit about her in the opening scene when she's coming out of work to go to the pageant you know yeah or to register it's funny like so much of this is about what people think and the only person that well the two people that end up together don't really seem to care what people think like Popeye and Delmont like he is just doing his own thing but the two women you know Carnell and Elaine like they're so concerned with images and Although I will say Carnell's so brave. Like she leaves the catfish factory dressed up to the nines and people are kind of snickering and pointing yeah. at her and looking. She doesn't care. She marches out of there. And I, you need that in this life. And mm-hmm. for a small, and it, it was way harder for her, like you're saying, because that's such a small town. Mm. and maybe she didn't she's not well traveled so she can't be like oh my god this world and she has no is, context yeah she's, this is, she's world no is massive yeah. right this this life is short go for whatever you want to do in life and if it's this one thing this pageant work for it go for it you know she was obviously prepared um she could have used a dress from her cousin but you know that's uh she she <sighs> did her cousin. thing and she had a dream and she realized it Mm-hmm. She shot for the moon, and, and then, even though she yeah. didn't land, she landed among the stars. Amongst the um, stars, but back of the even, float. Yeah, I was just gonna say, but to that point too, like she wasn't a sore loser. She's like, no, people who lose this ride on the back of the float. Yeah, I'm and gone. they will because her cousins were like, you don't have to do this, and she's like, no, I do because when you come in fifth, yeah, you go at the back. Yeah, it's hard. Um, I was gonna say, you know, coming from a small town, it's. I think people feel very trapped and like they can't break out of what the perception is of somebody, what they have of themselves. And just thinking about how, you know, I mean, LA is such a city of transplants, like pretty much everyone we know moved here and kind of in some way or another reinvented themselves. And my question to you is, do you think you can stay in your hometown and fully, truly reinvent yourself? Do you think you can make people see you in a different light or do you think you have to leave and come back no i definitely think you can reinvent yourself but i think it's got to be genuine so like i got in a decent amount of trouble when mm-hmm. i was back home like chip on my shoulder mad at the world for a mm-hmm. ton of different reasons and then i was like oh i'm just gonna you know i'm an asshole blah 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 and my dad told me one time he's like you know like anytime you want you can said that said that you can reinvent yourself and i was kind of thinking about that i'm like yeah like what's really inside of me is like, I like to be funny. I like making people laugh. I like joking around, you know, I like flirting, you know, all that type of stuff. 
And that is who I am genuinely. So like getting back to that um, was, it wasn't that hard of a process because that, that's who I am. But mm. I think if you're like, I was actually thinking about this for, for us, for this podcast, like we don't force anything. We're not trying to like, talk to people how we believe in something we really don't like this is who we are these are the conversations we have mm -hmm. when the mics are off right this is how we view the world and this is how we discuss things so this is just not me us. i'm actually like deeply <laughs> a lizard person and this is all just straight mind control i knew it i told Scott. i'm the guy on the back of the plane was that like, wasn't real careful. did you, did you <laughs> yeah, see that lady that was so bizarre <laughs> there was a second incident if you don't know what i'm talking about there's a lady, this is recent, so this is going to age and no one will remember this, but there's a lady that like was on a plane and was like, you're not real and was like pointing at a guy. What's fucking hysterical is that I went down this TikTok hole <laughs> where people were like, if, if you pause it at this moment, you can see where the shape shift changes. Oh and I was like, God. what? Yeah. And then I saw a guy that was like, I was the guy on the hoodie. I don't know if this was really the guy, but he was like, basically his shirt had like a Freemason symbol on it and he was like making a joke because she wouldn't stop like asking him about Satan and stuff, which as far as I know, this guy was like the Freemasons aren't about Satan. Um, yeah. So he just kind of was like, yeah, and I'm a lizard person and we want to rule the universe. And she like <laughs> freaked out. I think there was also alcohol involved. But yeah, yeah sorry. Or continue. any kind of hallucinogens. Maybe don't do those before you go on a plane. Yeah, That's just don't just... get really. No. Yeah. You don't need to. Yeah. yeah. If you want to pop an edible, no one's could judge you. Well, yeah, TSA might judge you. You know. I'm saying like some real strong shit. Maybe wait till the plane lands. Um, yeah, but you were saying, so these yeah, are who we are. But Sorry. so like just to reinvent yourself in a town, I don't think it's that hard. It's mm -hmm. it's if you are who you are, just genuinely, like if you change and you change and like, no, this is who I am now. Like I left that behind. I dropped my lizard skin and you got to leave it. Behind. It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter what the fuck other people think in that town, small town, big town, whatever. Cause if you're happy with who you are and you're like Holly Hunter in this movie going for years, like you're going to be okay with yourself every night. Right. Do you, do you feel yourself slipping back into like a naughty version of David when you go home though? Like are there triggers no, where you're like, no, not at all. I mean, there's, there's definitely like mental things with me that like I could get into if I'm like, frustrated and I can you know be like oh I should fight you know when I'm <laughs> you know what I mean like get, if somebody looks at me the wrong way today like I'm gonna blah 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 but then I remind myself because now That's I have like yeah. I know how my mind works and I'm like David you're tired you haven't slept that well in a couple nights or you're frustrated from work or this audition didn't go what about too well. in what about in your friendship group do you feel like you slipping because like in this obviously it's a family but you know, other guys that know you from your hometown that are like, oh, it's Big David. Like, here we go. It's going to kick off. Here yeah, we go. I've had, I've had friends um, that have like, said that. not me anymore. You remember Sorry. our friend uh, Nicole? She had the prom night. Mm -hmm. Some guy did some really disrespectful stuff that night. Uh -huh. And he was like trying to get my girlfriend to kiss him when I wasn't looking. Oh, I think he I was, remember. Yeah. yeah, he was doing stuff to other women. Our friend Corey like stepped up, got in his face and was like, bro, you're disgusting. Get the fuck out of here. And he like came to shake my hand. He's like, we're cool, right? And I just like didn't shake his hand and I just kind of shook my head. And then, yeah, one of my buddies was in town. I was like, he was like, man, I thought you were going to smoke him in his face. Just like, you know, 
old David would have done. Mm -hmm. And I'm like thinking, yeah, but then I'm getting thrown out, probably getting arrested. Mm. And I hear these stories. Like I got in a fight once. My aunt texted me like a week later about this story about this kid got one punched and broke his neck on the concrete. When oh, he landed. God. So like Horrible. you could yeah. kill somebody, you know, mm -hmm. so I, I remind myself of this stuff. And at the end of the day, it's like it's stupid. To, it's yeah. wasted energy, you know. I have like goals and aspirations and then falling back into that stuff is not going to help anybody unless it's a character and then I can pull <laughs> pull from there, you know? Yeah, it is interesting. I don't know. I haven't been around like high school friends in a long time, but I saw university friends earlier this year and I, f I try to think like, I mean, I feel so different since I left Australia like over 10 years ago. Um, but then I wonder like, you know, these people knew me when I was like, figuring my shit out you know between yeah. the ages of 18 and 21 and i wonder if they i don't know i'd like to think that i'm so polished i'd like to think i'm like elaine without the fucked up incestuous dancing and <laughs> meanness but it's like i'm so look at me i'm polished now i like but i don't think i really am i think people know deep down that i'm still a complete lizard person shit show <laughs> so i like your lizard person shit show but Thank at the same you. time too like if if these people are gonna be in your life in some kind of aspect they should know that mm -hmm. you know we we all grow in life yeah. and like no, I, I, think I love there's know, nothing I still love this well person. actually i was voted shoot in college have i already told you this what i think i've mentioned no, this what shoot okay so the, the so in australia university is like the school you attend and college is where you live it's like a dorm it's kind of like a mixed sorority um, frat house which was great for me because it kept me in school because i had to get like 51% to stay on campus uh -huh. and I mean, it's not great. I probably could have done better, but it was fun. I had a lot of fun. But every year there was this like college magazine type thing. And every year there'd be a voted a root shoot marry. So like fuck, marry, kill basically. Oh. And in my third year, I got voted kill because I was an RA and I took over the what was the stoner <laughs> wing at the time and made it so no one had fun. And now I'm like, guys, I love Thing. weeds yeah. I, can't say it. <laughs> I will deny it in a court of law but uh yeah so anyway I think about that sometimes and I'm like I was probably such a knock and so annoying and now yeah. I'm like I'm like who wants to go to the beach and yeah. <laughs> look at clouds and take things wow. and, see and, uh, but there's there's that growth right and hopefully right. like somebody wouldn't hold you, hold that against you if you, were, like, yeah. if you wanted to kick it with somebody on that on that I floor. will say I think I relate to Carnell's character in the way that like a lot of the motivation I have for doing better is to not to rub it in people's faces because I know there's a lot of people from my past who are like so proud of me and cheering me on yeah. but there is that level of like look at me now you know yeah. I, I don't know if you do this but I frequently rehearse my acceptance speech at <laughs> various at award shows yeah yeah, yeah. It's, you know, you, you can't what not jokes be in I'll make, and, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> has one movie and it's a TV movie, but, you know, surely hey, I'll get my, start get my somewhere. moment on stage. It's yeah. coming. Um, I saw something a few months ago. Brad Pitt was talking to Adam Sandler. I don't know if you saw this, but no. he was talking about um, Adam Sandler was at NYU and the uh, acting coach or sorry teacher one of the programs was like yeah you know like you're funny or whatever but you're not gonna make it you're, re <gasps> you you're not really yeah you're not really gonna make it in this industry you just don't have like that thing that people need to make it in this and industry and Adam Sandler was like hold my basketball and shorts. then so and Brad Pitt heard the story so Adam Sandler after a ton of success he sees him in a bar 
And instead of going up and be like, so I'm not going to make it, blah, blah, blah. He's just like, hey, can I buy you a beer? And that was that. Wow. Right? So like we all have these people in Better our lives. Revenge. That's what I'm saying. Like all we all have these people in our lives that's like, oh, I'm gonna prove this person wrong or this person didn't believe in me. You know, I have a ton of that in my in my history. But it's like still wasted negative energy. And sometimes you have and you're like, I'm throwing it in this person's face or look, I did this thing and it's just it should just I be always about tell people I'm fueled by spite and I hate that about myself. But like if you give me a compliment, that really doesn't do, do it, it for me. you. I, yeah. I mean, I do. I do thrive on positive reinforcement as well sometimes. But it's it's the rocket fuel for me. As if somebody goes, you'll never do that. Like I had an ex, you know, who told me it was going to be really hard to move to LA, and I was like, cool, bye. And here yeah. I am. But hopefully next year a citizen. That's you know? because he. It was beneficial for him for you to stay. It was also his limiting belief, and I think exactly. That's, and you, you know, can't, you can't, you got to have blinders on at certain points in your life with certain but things in your it's life. It's hard. And I think, you know, bringing it back to this movie, like Carnell, she doesn't have a single person that believes she can do this and she does it anyway. And I really think that's why this is uh, like a nice story. You Feel know, good as, for as, sure. Yeah. Yeah. We could all take a little bit of Carnell's self-belief, but like some came along, Popeye believed in her. Right. And she made a friend mm -hmm. and you know, that's going to become her cousin-in-law. Hopefully they get married, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Mary Steenbergen is married to Ted Danson. I have she to could be. She's Google also, I think it. she's the mom, like in Step Brothers. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking it up. Who is she's Ted been Danson in another movie we've done before. It is Mary Steenbergen since 1995. Um, he was actually married three times. So this is, I guess, this is his third wife. But, you know, all these years later, doing mm -hmm. pretty good. He he did some Hollywood shit where he was married to, like, Casey Coates. And anyway, that would be a fun house to grow up in, I think. Oh, for sure. With the, just Ted two, and Mary as the parents. Two heavy hitters mm -hmm. in the biz. We've done oh, wait, another movie. Wait, Ted, Ted Danson was also married to Whoopi Goldmug? Really? For 18 months. Oh, wow. Oh, wait. Were they married? They they were together for less than two years in the 90s. Whoopi, his marriage to Whoopi Goldberg cost him millions in a divorce. Oh, damn. I wonder if it came off like a, something they, a project they did together. Okay, yeah. I, I feel like that doesn't happen as often as it used to. Yeah. Wait, he actually cheated on his wife with Whoopi. Whoops. Ooh. Whoopsie. <laughs> Whoopsie sees. Good one. Um, but yes, anyway, we love old Hollywood. I just read this book, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and it's very old Hollywood, and it was very fun. And I'm like the last person on earth to read it, but it was great. You Wait a minute. It. Was she in um, Groundhog's Day? Mary Steenbergen? Where? We've done, yes. another, we've done another movie Maybe? she was in. I'm trying to think of she it. She was in Mr. Mayor, which was a fun little show. She was in the the good place with her husband. Husband, yeah. Um, yeah. I'd have to go through her her list, but she's done a ton of shit. I mean, ton, she's like yeah. royalty in this business. So. I'm not seeing. I can't. Oh, Elf. She's um, oh, obviously she's an yeah. Elf. That's it. Elf. Yep. Yeah, yeah. She's cool. We love her. Mm -hmm. We love all these actors. Good for them. Um, but yeah, anything else about the the movie that like are you glad you watched it i am glad i watched it because i always started this thing i i think it was refreshing to see just a, a film 
it's a, a time and a place, people. Mm-hmm. And it not, was a movie. you know, it's a movie, you know, it's like not a huge event and not a ton of CGI, no, no. CGI, really. No, no um, real stunts. Yeah. And it's just, just like Americana, right? Hmm. Here's a, here's a story about a, a girl in Mississippi. Just a little pageant and yeah. trying to. Yeah, because it's like it wasn't Miss Congeniality where it's like, this is for Miss America. So you know, how do you feel about pageants? pageants? I feel like we've had brief conversations about this before. I feel like they are, if there's anything that's like, and now go in a bathing suit and walk around on a stage in high heels, then I'm like, we're objectifying women. Come on, yeah, we know yeah. we are. But, you know, a lot of these women now doing it, like, they're fucking doctors and they're like activists and they're doing shit and they're using their platforms to make life better. And I think that's amazing, but. And it's not just like, Oh man, uh, look at this babe. Right. I don't think we need children in pageants personally. There's a brief scene in this movie. You just see behind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Little kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be uh, toddlers and tiaras. I think was the show. Um, yeah, that little, feels very, 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 very exploitative. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's like, what is this telling women about themselves? I know they have to have a talent and stuff, but like your beauty is your worth. Your, you know, your value is how well you can perform X, Y, Z, standing, holding, smiling. And it's like, who are these fucking adults that are involved in this shit? Yeah, like, to vote on that. And it's like adult, you can make up your own choice on what you want to do and that's fine. If it's fun for you and you like putting together the costumes and everything but i feel obviously i don't have kids but i don't want to put my daughter through that like okay oh now you look beautiful with yeah. this makeup in and your now hair you're and, worthy yeah and that's what that, chin up that's, and walk like this and that's what this is also saying like miss firecracker it's like you know she's attaching her value to being judged by a bunch of people who don't look pageant ready and you know i think it's good that she did it and she's strong but you know, my hope is if we were to see her life down the road, that she realizes that there's so much she can do anything she wants to do. Yeah. You know, I had this weird thought when towards the credits and they're showing her in the middle of the street waving and you see Elaine on the float. And it's like, so this is this the moment that she wanted to do this because she saw Elaine and like the love she got from the crowd and she wanted this thing. And this has been in her head ever since. And this is like her life that she made it her life. And I was like, did it somewhere in my past that I do that with acting, you know, where you like, like on where stage I, or- yeah, yeah, for whatever reason, I was like, Oh, I'm going to do this. And I've just never let it go. But then I was thought about it more and more like this morning too. I'm like, no, this is just something I'm in. I love, you know, mm. it's like a part of me. It's like, it's a but passion. It's in my heart. It's, I don't know. Maybe she loves the pageant. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I mean though? It's just like as a kid, you can get something in your head. Totally. And whether you're stubborn about it or not, you're like, oh, I'm just This is my entire personality. Yeah, now. this exactly. <laughs> this is the only thing I love. Yeah. I've seen that. Those memes where it's like, shut up. This is my entire personality now. <laughs> um no, I think, you know, we covered a lot. I think it's a great it's think I mean it's just one character of color but again like these days we'll take it she's a fully fleshed out character she's got an arc she's cool she's interesting she's not like i mean there's some sort of sidekicky type jokes through like here and there but i think everybody yeah. it's not punching down like everybody kind of gets made fun of whether it's carnell 
or the Delmont, type sister Delmont, Elaine. the kid people in town, like the the sisters that aren't. But Al- Alfre, what are she got to act, She's right? Acting. She got to she got to build a whole character with yep. a ton she of different to, emotions. She got to hold a bullfrog in a dress. Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot going on. <laughs> a lot going on. She got to say the classic line that she can hear through her eyes, which <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that. But it was great. Um. Yeah, so I'm I'm ha- I'm glad we watched it. I Me wouldn't too. say this is a Fourth of July movie necessarily, but I don't know. It's I would be interested to know like what our international listeners think of it because a can they access it? Because I watched it on Freebie with some ads, which yeah, same felt on very Amazon 80s. Prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I wonder if it like you know I watched a really cool German film the other day called I'm Your Man with Dan Stevens actually and it's a great film but I felt like I got a real taste of like Germany like German lifestyle not like it was it's a it's a sci-fi flick but like it takes place in like not such a you know it's not very iconic of Berlin it's just like someone living their life in Germany and I wonder if people watching this outside of America would be like huh that's not representative of all of America because a lot of movies take place in New York or LA or Chicago. This is just a little slice of life, if you will. Yeah. Um, well, it is getting to that time where we have to give someone from the cast or crew a shout out. I hope we didn't pick the same person, but let's hear who you got. Um, I initially was going to go costume, but I, I switched it up and I was trying to find <laughs> Paris did eyebrow raise, eyebrow raise. Um, I was trying to find choreography, but I couldn't, mm. I couldn't find it. Because there's definitely a choreographer tap dance scene. Yeah. Um, So I went with A.B. Kaufman, casting director. Nice. um, Brokeback Mountain, um, Siriana. She's done, oh my God, The Crowded Room, which is on right Mm. now, Succession, 29 episodes. Um, She is tar. She's crushing it. I mean, the casting on Succession is fucking amazing. Yeah. There are some actors who, like, just blew me away so yeah she's obviously got the knack exactly like 300 previous credits she's got nine up and coming um so casting is such an important part of film and tv people don't even know it's like an underrated skill for sure she's been crushing it and she's been doing it for a while so she obviously knows what she's doing she's very successful at it and uh ava i would or is it avy how would you pronounce that avi 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 she's probably, she's never gonna cost you now because you miss it's probably like it's probably pronounced like elizabeth Avi, so. i love you i'll give you a shoulder rub if you put me in a movie i'll tango with you he'll do a weird <laughs> slow dance with you yes. if you want if well you want. yes casting's amazing mm-hmm. um i went with because you talked so much shit on the hair in this movie <laughs> i went with sydney cornell because i was like she obviously did the brief like she was really good at the brief she didn't make the 80s have terrible hairstyles so i didn't want to leave this podcast with anyone in that line of work thinking that we don't love and appreciate them um so sydney has done a bunch of stuff actually spider-man far from home she was miss tomei's hairstylist um but yeah i mean like tons she was the department head on three billboards outside of Ebbing, which is another fantastic movie. Passengers, um, Captain America, <laughs> Civil War. She worked for Mr. Downey. So I feel like she's hooked in because yeah. whenever you see somebody, I mean, she did Hunger Games, um, Catching Fire. So two couple J Law credits with the. Uh... Yeah. She's got, she did, she was hairstylist for Mr. Pacino and Phil Spector. She was. Oh. Um, 
hair for Mr. Firth and Miss Blunt on Arthur Newman. So like she is a celebrity hairstylist. Speaking of um, Adam Sandler, she was hairstylist to um, Mr. Pacino and Jack and Jill. I mean, we know Jason's hair and makeup person and she travels with him everywhere. Jason Momoa, my boss, and um, one of my bosses. And yeah, I mean, it's a good gig if you can get it. And it's also like a really special gig because you end up you know, getting to know that person so, so well, that's a very vulnerable position. And it's like the first person you see on set. Anyway, Sydney, we see you and we appreciate you. See you and we appreciate I wanna see, you. I want to see if this was like one of her first credits. I'm scrolling down. She was. She also did American Beauty. I mean, this person, I'm looking. That's a uh, No, you know that's what? Film right her there. first, first film as a hairstylist was China Girl, which I haven't seen. Um, and then like a couple up. So she did like three movies before, four movies before she did Miss Firecracker. And now look at her. So speak of, you know, putting it out into the universe, shooting for the moon and landing amongst the literal acting stars. Um, she crushed it. So yeah, it takes a village. There's so many people in this movie that we could shout out. Um, but what's your verdict? Has this film aged like milk or has it stayed fresh? I'm going to say this movie has stayed fresh mm. i thought it was a little bit of a firecracker milk mm-hmm. put it in your mouth and it goes pop 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 like pop rock milk mm-hmm. is that what i'll say because it was refreshing to see just a good movie with a ton of good acting it wasn't like way over the top or you know explosions or all the other things i love for many different reasons in other movies but this was just a story about someone's life and a few people that were really close to her. And I thought it, they did it very well. I thought the acting was phenomenal and it was raw. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, uh, this was a good movie to watch at this time. There's a bunch of heavy hitters coming up in theaters. Obviously every summer this happens, but just to see some good acting, this makes me want to go see a play soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go see a play this month. You should come with my yeah. friend's play. Uh, I, d- I would definitely do that. But yeah, I think this held up. Okay. What say you? I think it's fresh. I was gonna ask you: Can you make a mug out of a dead bullfrog in a dress? Do you think? Like a, a mug, like a cup mug? Yeah, like a taxidermy frog mug. Because if you can, <laughs> you want one? No, no, I don't. Although I'm sure Popeye could whip me up one real yeah. quick. But I feel like this is a milk served to me in Mississippi <laughs> in a toad mug. Like it's a real toad that's been like petrified and it's yeah. wearing a dress, like a silky dress. So I'm like, mmm, as I drink it because I, I can't quite get my that head is- around that I'm. And drinking it out of a frog left eyes looking up at yeah you it's like eh. it's like i can smell <laughs> through my ears and you're like oh god and then you drink it and you're like the milk's actually fine yeah but there's like some things about it that you're like Ugh, going into it and some of those things are like your pop rocks that you're talking about like mm. some of the comments about people of color um the way the guy talks about women um but you know then you drink it and you're like this has good protein and mm. <laughs> things about it so makes you feel yeah. good a just a just a sort of a warm milk maybe because it's so hot down there in mississippi <laughs> and you just you wish it was just like a little ice cold and it's served to you in a bullfrog in a dress mug that popeye made by herself she's like you can skin them and you can turn them into mugs <laughs> i want to find one of these for you it's gonna be I, don't, great. I don't know if i can do that <laughs> 
might accidentally fall down the stairs. Oh no, oh, it broke. broke. Oh, yeah. shame. Anyway, okay, Broken bye. This pieces. cursed object that is <laughs> literally a Voldemort horcrux. You can um, put, it, put it next to your horse pig thing you got on your shelf. My dog that looks like it, it was does. stuck in a, <laughs> that it got caught in a, I have a dog that my dad sent me that looks like it got caught in a tornado and <laughs> the whole shenanigans of it getting to America was like this, they were so excited to give it to me. It's completely unfinished. There's no paint on it. And we just put it out so everyone can see yeah. because it's fucking crazy. And if you bought me a mug, I would also put it there. there yes, but please don't do that. I think <laughs> you can spend your money on fake websites that sell tickets to <laughs> overpriced Done. Broadway shows. Anyways. Um, and that is our show. Thanks for listening. David has to go play basketball. Go check out Firecracker. Uh, Miss Firecracker, send us your suggestions at uh, hlikemilk at gmail.com. But now you should just go ahead and check your frog milk, David. And make sure that ribbit ain't spoiled. Because gross milk is a bullfrog. That's our show. We'll catch you next time. Bye for now.